Welcome to On Air with Amber Wynn, where nonprofit leaders learn to fuse passion and commitment with proven business strategies to create long-term funding, impact, and sustainability. And now, here's your host and resident philanthropreneur, Amber Wynn. Welcome, everyone, to On Air with Amber Wynn. It's your girl, and I'm so excited to be here today. We are covering the nonprofit success path, and for those of you just joining me, I want you to go back to some of the previous episodes where I explain what the nonprofit success path is. In a nutshell, it's the opportunity for you as a founder or an executive director to stage your nonprofit. In staging your nonprofit, you understand exactly where you are on the nonprofit success path, and it's going to reduce the amount of time that you spend spinning your wheels, trying to figure out what to do, um, because if you're at a certain stage, then you won't be focusing on things in other stages. So right now we're in stage zero, and stage zero is you're thinking about starting a nonprofit. And if you're thinking about starting a nonprofit, you are in the most powerful position that you could possibly be, because that means you haven't committed any money, you haven't committed any time. And typically when you commit time and money, you know, you're going to be, um, you're going to stay in the race. Well, before you even get into the race, we're going to talk about other things that you can do besides starting a nonprofit, because I'm just going to keep it real. We have so many nonprofits right now. There's not anything novel out there. Can you do something differently? Yes. Does it mean that you should? No. And if you are seriously committed to making a difference in your community, then it should not be about starting a nonprofit. So this is the time that you're going to be able to take and just really sit with yourself and say, is it really about what I want to do in the community or is it about me wanting to start a company or an organization or call something that's mine? And if that's the case, that's perfectly fine. I am just going to advise that you start a for-profit and not a non-profit because there's a whole different beast when we step into the non-profit sector. But we're going to jump into all of that. You are on air with Amber Wynn, philanthropist, and I provide nonprofit founders with the roadmap to long-term funding and sustainability. And right now we're going to pause and hear from one of our sponsors, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about the alternatives to starting a nonprofit. Do you have a tool that organizes your company's paperwork and takes care of all your record keeping? Does your current record keeping system send you 90 day alerts to remind you that your key documents are about to expire and need to be renewed? Can you find contracts and procurement opportunities in seconds from any of the 50 United States so you can grow your business? Is your business organized so that you can tell which key documents are needed to efficiently run the business? How about woman-owned, small business, or disadvantaged business enterprise certifications? Do you have a checklist of all the key documents you need to become certified? Does your current system allow you to conduct market research from multiple sources and provide you industry and market data in seconds? Well, Small Biz Pro does all of that and more. Small Biz Pro is the number one business management, compliance, procurement assistance, and market research assistance tool on the market today. Download the app now and you will be amazed. It's like having three additional employees working for you, but you don't have to pay them. What are you waiting for? Welcome back to On Air with Amber Wynn, Philanthropist. Today we are talking about 
alternatives to starting a nonprofit, and we're in stage zero of the nonprofit success path. We're staging nonprofits so that you have a clear understanding of the work that you need to do in your specific stage. This is gonna save you tons of hours of work and thousands of dollars. You stage yourself, you go through the checklist of all of the things you're supposed to have in this particular stage, and then you move on to the next stage. This is the system that I've created to help nonprofit founders wade through all of the information, wade through all of the overwhelm because there's so much information out of there, just giving you the opportunity to focus on where you are and then understand what the next steps are for where you want to be. So today we're talking about alternatives to starting a nonprofit. And people ask me as a nonprofit consultant that, you know, my livelihood is based off of supporting nonprofit founders and executive directors. Why would you encourage people not to start a nonprofit? I do that because two reasons. One, I really want nonprofits to make a difference in our community. And if you're starting a nonprofit, you don't understand what you're supposed to be doing. That means you're not going to get funded. That means that the work that needs to happen in the nonprofit, in the community, is not going to happen. So if you're in it for the wrong reasons, then you're not going to do what you need to do to be successful. So that's one reason. And then the second reason is I really want you to be successful. And the way that you're successful is, is, is being informed. If I tell you all of the things that it takes to run a successful nonprofit and you're still on board after all of that, then I know that you're going to be successful because that means you're, you're committed to doing the work because you understand all that it takes to be a successful nonprofit. So at the end of the day, you know, I'm going to get work. I mean, I, I produce a quality output, so I'm not worried about that. I'm really not. I am more concerned about you as a nonprofit leader being equipped with the knowledge and skills that you need to be successful so that, number two, the work that needs to be done in the community can be done at an accelerated rate with long-term consistency. Because statistics tell us that 40% of all nonprofits close their doors after two years, and I don't want that to be you. So let's talk about um, why I'm encouraging people to really look into alternatives to being uh, to starting a nonprofit. Number one is because a nonprofit is a business. You're going to hear me say this all day today, tomorrow, next week, and next year. It is a business, and it requires um, that you have money, not only to start it, but to run it. Then um, number two, it requires that you have a certain level of knowledge. People think that because it's a nonprofit, you can get in here and just make things up. And you can't because the IRS has already established the rules for running a nonprofit. So it's important that you have the knowledge and skills. It takes skills to run a business. It doesn't take any less skills to run a nonprofit because a nonprofit is a business. So if you think you can get in there and just wing it and all of this grant money is just going to oh, miraculously fall into your lap, that's not going to happen. So if you don't have the skill sets to do marketing and accounting and to ask people for money and to do the reports and all of the things that it takes to start a nonprofit, then that's something you really need to pause and think about. You can make a difference in your community without starting a business because, listen, You've got to do board management. You've got to know how to recruit people. You've got to keep them engaged. And it's a lot of work. And it just requires a lot of um, time 
and skills that aren't necessarily necessarily intuitive. So all of that, um, those are the reasons why I'm encouraging you. If you really want to make a difference in your community, you can do it, but you can do it in a different way. Let's look at what that could look like. Number one, if you're serious about making a difference, you can do that as a volunteer. Like there are so many nonprofits out there who could use your skill set, your innovation, and they already have the infrastructure. They already have the nonprofit. They already have the clients that you want to serve. Step in as a volunteer and offer to strengthen a nonprofit. Like if I could create that pathway, that pipeline, you know, I think I could just die happy. Because we have nonprofits who need other people's talents and skills, and you can be that person, right? And let me just add, as a volunteer, that also means that you can volunteer as a board member. Because as we know, nonprofit board members don't receive any type of payment. They are volunteers. They just happen to sit in the governing seat. They help to run the organization. And what's exciting about if you choose to become a board member is you get to learn about an organization and how it functions and how it works before you make the commitment to start one on your own. You can see the things that this organization does well, and you can see the things that they do crappy so that you don't do it. But more importantly, if you volunteer for a nonprofit organization that's in your same area, you also learn about their funders, right? You also learn about other board members that you can engage for your nonprofit before you start it. I always say it's an amazing opportunity to do a, a, a trial run before you actually step into it. So really, 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 if you're thinking about starting a nonprofit, consider first serving as a volunteer, serving as a board member so that you can get your feet wet and really understand what it is you'll be jumping into. Second, if you're considering starting a nonprofit, then Think about um, forming a giving circle, right? A giving circle is something that you can form really easily. You go down to a community foundation and you say, hey, I'm interested in giving out scholarships um, to other nonprofit organizations. They can set up your account. They can help you with distributing your funds to whoever it is you decide you want to fund. They're doing all of the backroom management. You and your circle of friends can meet once a month, once a quarter, once a year, and decide who you want to give your money out to. That way, you have a group of committed people who donate their money to a cause, and you guys decide where that money's going to go. So you've formed like a group, but it's a loose group. It's not necessarily, you know, you got to go incorporate and all of that. You guys just decide what you stand for and what you want to fund. And in that space, if you decide to dissolve, you can walk away. There's not a business that has to be dissolved. You know, you close the accounts, you say, good job, and you move on. But the other benefit of a giving circle is that you're not locked in to just funding the same thing. Maybe this month you want to fund young girls who are um, going to college. And then next month after that, you want to fund young males who are athletes. And then the month after that, you want to fund seniors. Like it's limitless. It gives you the flexibility that you could, you know, do whatever you want. So think about forming um, a giving circle with a, a group of like-minded friends. Another alternative is you can get a fiscal sponsor. Now, people are a little uncertain about fiscal sponsors, and I'm going to tell you why. It's because they don't understand the purpose and function of a fiscal sponsor. A fiscal sponsor has a 501c3 tax-exempt status that they 
how can I explain it? That they loan to people, right? So if you don't have a 501c3, but you want to collect grants and you want to um, get people to donate money to you so that they can get a tax write-off, then you would leverage the fiscal sponsor's 501c3. What I love about a fiscal sponsor, and, and it's not just any old person who has a 501c3. I've had people say, oh, my auntie has a daycare. I'm just going to use her 501c3. You don't want that person to be, you don't want that person to be your fiscal sponsor. If they are not formed, set up, have the experience of being a fiscal sponsor, then you don't want to just borrow someone's 501c3 because it's going to get you in a mess of trouble. A fiscal sponsor is an organization whose task is to assist other um, either individuals or organizations that want to serve the community, but they don't have the experience. Like that is their purpose. That is their, that is their function. They help you learn how to grow your board. They help you learn how to, you know, um, create reports and track and all of that. To me, I see a fiscal sponsor as an entity that does your back office, right? So they receive the money, they distribute the money, um, and they also do the reports. You've got to give them the information, but it, be, it would be the same as having an accountant that you pay, except for the fiscal sponsor covers a little bit more of the um, infrastructure type of stuff, whereas a, an accountant just does the numbers. So if you're thinking about starting a nonprofit, but you're not sure, you know you don't have the experience, you know that you have no idea what you're doing, but you know you want to go for grants and you know funding, a fiscal sponsor may be the very best um, option that you have. They charge between 9 to 12% of whatever you bring in. And if you think about it, you pay that amount for an accountant, but they're not doing all of your reports. And they help you grow. So when you're doing your submissions for your reports and, and your financial statements, you're learning as you go. And you don't have to stay with them all of the time. You could have a fiscal sponsor for a year, two years, 50 years. It's up to you. But if you have a fiscal sponsor when you first start out, you get to learn the ropes, and then when you're ready, you can file for your, your uh, 501c3 tax-exempt status. Now you feel more comfortable. Um, you can sever ties because you've learned as you've gone along. Bada-bang, bada-bang, now you're ready to go. So I always, always, always try to encourage new founders who have absolutely no nonprofit experience to get a fiscal sponsor because it helps to get them out of trouble and it helps to keep them, you know, on the straight and narrow. So those are some of the uh, opportunities that you can leverage instead of starting a nonprofit. If you are a for-profit and you do things that are supportive of the community and you've had people say, oh, you need to turn your, your company into a nonprofit, I'm gonna tell you, don't do it. Don't turn, you, don't turn your for-profit into a nonprofit. Instead, what you want to do is find a nonprofit that you trust that is in alignment with what it is you want to do and partner with them. That's what you want to do. Keep your for-profit company, do what you know how to do, but there may be an opportunity for you to create a program, a training program. Maybe you want to bring kids in to learn how to, you know, do a podcast or, you know, run the boards or I don't know, film or photography, whatever it is, and this is your area of expertise, find a nonprofit who's willing to, number one, write the grant, um, number two, serve as the lead. So they'll get funded and you 
will be written into the grant as a subject matter expert to deliver these services. Why would they do that? Because they don't have the expertise to do it. But if they write you in their grant, then they're going to look like they have, you know, an amazing partnership, which is what this is. And they can provide their clients, their students or whomever with these skills that they wouldn't otherwise be, be able to provide. So you would be considered a subrecipient and you would get a sub award and you don't have to be a 501c3 tax exempt organization to get that money. They basically are going to, um, uh, start what's called a contract. You'll have a contract with this nonprofit and they'll pay you. So there are other things that you can do besides starting a business, a whole new business. You can find other alternatives, as I've mentioned, um, instead of starting a nonprofit. And I, I say it with so much passion and vigor because Starting a nonprofit is a lot of work. I have clients tell me that I didn't know it was going to be all of this. I didn't know I was going to have to do all of this. I got to do all of that before I can even get money. Yes, 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 and yes. So if you are really committed to making a difference in your community, I'm here to let you know you can. You can make a difference, and you don't have to start a nonprofit to do it. So don't let that be the reason that you're jumping into this big old pond without understanding how deep it is, right? All right, so today we are talking about alternatives to starting a nonprofit. I'm Amber Wynn. You're here with um, on air with Amber Wynn, Philanthropreneur. And now we're going to pause for uh, another sponsor, but we'll be back and we're going to finish talking about stage zero alternatives to starting a nonprofit. You're a school, a foundation, a healthcare provider, or an environmental group, a museum, a church, a shelter, or a community service. You're starting a nonprofit on a startup budget, and you need to get this right the first time. No mistakes, no misunderstandings, and no costly do-overs. At Nonprofit Elite, we know what you need because we've been there too. Accurate information, mistake-free filings, and peace of mind assurance that your 501c3 application will be successful. This is what we do, and we are very good at it, all backed by our industry-leading guarantee and 100% IRS approval rate. But forming your nonprofit and obtaining tax-exempt status is just the beginning. Once you're up and running, Nonprofit Elite will consolidate the bulk of your operations into one place including your accounting, compliance, website, fundraising, and more. We do the work of several full-time staff for just a fraction of the cost so that you can remain focused on advancing your mission. Contact Nonprofit Elite for expert preparation of your formation documents and 501c3 application and for a full range of accounting, fundraising, and administrative solutions. Welcome back to On Air with Amber Wynn. I'm your girl and resident philanthropist. And today we're talking about alternatives to starting a nonprofit because it's a lot of work, y'all. And I'm not going to lie. Um, there are consultants out there who will encourage you to form your 501c3 because it lines their pocket. You know, that's how they get paid. And I'm here to let you know, listen, I'm not rich and I'm not, you know, just swimming in money. But at the end of the day, my commitment is to communities across the country. And if we have all of these nonprofits popping up, but they don't have the infrastructure, the understanding, the knowledge or experience on how to run a nonprofit, 
then they're not able to really make the difference in the community that they really wanted to do. So I'm here to tell you, if you are committed to your community and you want to make a change, you can do it. But you don't have to start a nonprofit to to do that. And what I want to do is I want to provide you with um, a downloadable PDF of an article that I wrote um, on my blog. And it's called Six Sexy Alternatives to Starting a Nonprofit. Yes, they're sexy. They're sexy because... You know, when you read them and you're like, wow, you know, I can make a difference without starting a business. Well, I think that's sexy. So I'm going to provide that to you free of charge. Download it. It's a nice little read, probably about eight minutes, but it outlines in detail not only what the alternative is, but like what the commitment is in terms of finances, in terms of time. You can take your time reading it and really just chew on it and see if any one of these six alternatives is something that you can consider so that you can make a difference in your community without starting a business. But at the end of the day, after you've read all of those and you're like, yeah, that's not really what I want to do. Don't worry. I'm your girl. I got you. As I stated at the beginning of the episode, I just want to make sure that you're informed. If you've read through all of these alternatives and you still are committed to starting a nonprofit, I feel good because at least now you know what you're getting into, right? A lot of people have been hoodwinked into believing that starting a nonprofit is easy, and it is not. So I'm here to tell you, if you're ready to roll up your sleeves and do the work, then I'm here to help you because I provide nonprofit founders with a roadmap to long-term funding and sustainability. That's what I'm here for. All right. So right now we're going to jump into the question of the day, which is how do I get a subcontract with no track record? So a little bit earlier before the break, we talked about some of the things that you should be focusing on instead of, you know, jumping into trying to get funding, right? And uh, one of those I mentioned was actually getting a subcontract or being a subrecipient. If you have a, a for-profit or even if you're just thinking about starting a nonprofit, but you know that you don't have a track record. The question here is, how do I get a subcontract with no track record? Why would anybody partner with you if you can't demonstrate that you do what you say you do? I'm going to tell you. As an executive director, we are looking for ways to um, offset costs, to increase services, and to provide our clients with as many opportunities as possible. Now, let's just say, as Amber Wynn, um, I've been doing public speaking for 20 years, but I've never created a program. But I have the experience and expertise. So what I'm going to go to a nonprofit and say is, hey, I'm thinking about starting a nonprofit. I've never done it before. And so what I'm trying to do is really just build up my my portfolio. Um, And so I'd like to volunteer to to work with your clients, your students, your girls. Right. So I'm going to put together a program. It's going to be for six months or a year. And I'm going to deliver these services for free. But with the understanding, now when I'm talking to the executive director, and this is crucial, this executive director understands that after that committed period of time, three months, six months, a year, my expectation is that when they go for grants, they're going to write me in for a sub-award. So basically, we get to get a, a trial run, right? We're partnering. She's not putting out any money. I'm putting out everything because I want to build a successful track record. So. We create a memorandum of understanding. We sign off on what they will provide. I'm going to ask for things like a building, a classroom, right? So I don't have to figure that out. I'm going to ask for materials and supplies if they have them, right? And they're going to provide me with the students. 
I am just providing them with the service. So they get something, I get something. So let's just say we go through the three, six, nine months. I am going to document everything, right? I'm going to document my successes. I'm going to document my challenges because at the end of the day, when I roll out my real nonprofit, I already have this experience. But most importantly, I'm going to document my wins, my success stories. You know, um, I've turned five girls into public speakers or, you know, six of my girls were shy and they couldn't speak in public. Now they can. Whatever it is, I'm going to document that because when I go back to negotiate my contract with this executive director, if she says, I love the work that you do, but we don't have the money, it's not a loss. Now I have documented proof that I can then go and, and request grant monies for. For one year, I served 25 girls and here are my successes. So now it was a win-win. Now it would be lovely if this organization said, okay, we love the work that you do. We're putting in a grant. We're going to partner with you, but you got to go in understanding what your end game is. Your end game is being able to um, walk away from that partnership with some tangible results, the impact that you made. Now you may come out with a subaward, but if you don't, you still now have something that you can then write into a grant. So that's how you go about getting a subcontract with no track record. You go in promising that you're going to deliver. Think about it. You're going to be floundering out there for two years trying to figure it out anyway. Partner with somebody who's already established. Partner with somebody who you've done the research for and they, they are good at getting grants. And then you can demonstrate your value and your worth. So that is my suggestion. And um, yeah. Today, we've been talking about alternatives to starting a nonprofit. We are in stage zero of the nonprofit success path. I want to thank you for joining me today. You know, you can always reach out to me if you have a question. If you'd like your nonprofit featured on our show, I'm always excited about featuring our nonprofits because you're doing the work in the community and visibility helps to get funding, but it also helps to build collaborations. Um, so check me out on my social media handle. I'm on Facebook, Twitter, and I'm on um, Instagram. And if you just want to reach out and say, hey, you can also reach out to me on my website. It's www.amberwin.net. Next week, we are, we are going to jump into stage one, actually starting a nonprofit. So I look forward to seeing you there. And until then, have a great one, y'all. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, subscribe and leave a review on iTunes. Head over to www.amberwin.net slash podcast for the links and resources mentioned in today's podcast. See you next time.